knuckled creative and code guru Joy Rogers is the Brooklyn-bred love child of a visual merchandiser and a fashion designer. Her brief detour as a songwriter took her to a meeting with Chucky Thompson of Bad Boy Records. He would mentor her in the grassroots art of marketing and artist development in the music industry. Later, she crossed paths with DJ and future Def Jam and Interscope A&R Sycamore. Blown away by her self-made demo, Sycamore invited her to join the famous firm, a development firm for unsigned artists. After a successful run of events and mixtape releases, it led to a joint venture with Atlantic Records. Joy established her own firm in 2007. Re-innovating was born from a varied but viable skill set as a marketer, digital designer, and bona fide boss. Her firm was on the ground in the up-and-coming Bloomfield-Garfield neighborhood of Pittsburgh for the founding of Boom Concepts, a nationally acclaimed artist incubator and proud community safe space for marginalized voices powered by Heinz Endowments. On Independence Day in 2015, she launched a nine-part series dubbed Hashtag Boom After Brunch with a day party format and a commitment to directing local and national working artists toward success. Hashtag Boom After Brunch made headlines and head starts in equal measure with support from Zipcar, Home Depot, Walter and Ray, The Sprout Fund, Pen Ave Eyewear, Zeke's Coffee, Dapper Cat Bakery, Roots Wings Furniture, Revival Print Company, Jimmy Jam Photography, and Christo on the Turntables. The summer series succeeded in activating careers and collaborations with Pittsburgh's emerging artistic and tech demographics. As a result of the buzz on and offline, Boom was invited to join forces with the Carnegie Museum of Art to host the city's first ever silent disco alongside classic works in the Museum's Hall of Sculpture. But she did not stop there. She then built ReStudio, which labors for the little guy in grandma's basement, open air office garages, and remote studio. As a nonprofit, ReStudio teaches founders hands-on while raising funds, digital literacy, and mentorship for founders, youth, and underserved communities. Joy has satiated a craving for ingenuity, co-creating with brands like She Does Swimwear, OK Africa, More Life Juice Bar, Skate Aerobics, Evolve EA, Ford Fitness, and Treasuring Tresses. With coding from the future and timeless design, Joy's ethos of re-innovating brands continues to power founders remotely on Google Meet and Twitter Spaces. From realtors to vegan bakers, Joy has co-created with thousands of artists and bosses, snagging a few accolades along the way. Using the principles of minimalism, color theory, storytelling, user experience design, and branding, Joy seeks to level up at-risk founders, small teams, and startups to lift off. Welcome Joy Rogers to Hot Mama Chronicles. Hey, Joy, woo! Let's get into it. Um, so I start with all of our guests um, with just an opening in, uh, origin story, talking about um, your your um, beginnings, your early beginnings. How was Joy the um, child? You know, how was Joy the young person? So if you can um, open us up. With that. Yes, definitely. So-
So, um, yeah, you mentioned that my dad is a visual merchandiser. That means that he is responsible for designing 3D space. And he does that in trade showrooms and um, trade shows and uh, showrooms and in store windows. So my entire um, adolescence, let's say preteen, was me traveling all around the city, hanging out downtown, traveling to Vegas. And I was, um, he made being a dad very cool. So he just had me present for that. So there was a lot of understanding how to make best use of space that came from shadowing him. And then my mom is a technical designer and she does a really great job measuring things and creating patterns. And um, my stepdad, who for some reason doesn't get mentioned much, but he also, um, he's an entrepreneur, my dad's an entrepreneur. So the two of them were always hustling, always opening new businesses, always um, meeting with clients. And I was always there. Um, I don't know why. My friends didn't spend as much time with their dads as I did, but that is um, probably like the unique parts of my upbringing that um, I think gave me a lot of confidence. And then both of them joined me through every computer and every electronic device they had at me, whether it was a clock, whether it was a PC, whether it was a Mac, whether it was whatever they could get their hands on. And they let me take the computers apart and put them together and play games and write code. And um, so from about the age of nine, they identified, okay, she's great at puzzles and she's great at, at, at uh, you know, playing games and she's very strategic, but she's also creative and she's also technical. And where do we channel her? Because there is no job for her right now, it doesn't exist. And so, um, yeah, getting my hands on technology really, really early on is likely the most influential and originating part of my story. No, it truly is. And, you know, when I was reading your bio, um, one of the things that stuck out for me was the fact that, um, you know, you had and you were surrounded by these creatives. So looking at your life now, how did that shape your hustle? I'm very empathetic, um, patient, um, stern, and I teach by just doing the work because those guys don't like to be preached to. So if they're having trouble getting over some bottleneck or um, something emotional or something going on in their personal lives, Showing them how I push through those times is more inspirational. So I think learning to teach by doing and just not talking a lot of crap. So what also fascinates me about your um, younger years is that you were in a program at FIT. This doesn't exist anymore. Um, I know, so, and so I was just, if yeah. you could talk about it, because I think that's, I can, that's yes, amazing. I've been dying to talk about it like my whole life. <laughs> um, so I played tennis from the age of nine. And so from nine until high school, I had um, played at Nike camps, Reebok camps. I'd gone away to Dartmouth and played tennis. So um, I started to kind of travel and have a very collegiate experience just by way of um, being an athlete, right? A young athlete and traveling around the city and going to, um, 
the author Ash uh, tennis stadium and like watching the US Open, traveling up to the Upper West Side to like play tennis with my homies, right? Um, and then when I got into high school, I was traveling like an hour through the hood, over the river, through the woods um, to get to school. And I was the only person on the bus and the train with tennis rackets, right? And so I think my dad said to himself, like, you know, I'm gonna need to put her in some other environments other than, you know, Chief's Head, East Flatbush, Crown Heights, Bed-Stuy, you know, all these places that's great. You know, she's got a great personality, she's got great friends, but there, there's not enough soil here for her to grow. So he's a professor at FIT. It's where he went to get his degree. And um, he teaches display and exhibit design there. And as soon as they had started this high school program um, for kids where they basically were, the same professors were coming in and teaching college courses to us. And he signed me up immediately. So between ninth and 10th grade, um, I enrolled and I took uh, photography, I think first, which was incredible. Um, and then I didn't stop. So I went back every year, I did digital marketing, graphic design, um, and learn the basics. So by the time that maybe, I don't know, we'll get to talk about it later, where I started to meet people in the music industry, I already had the college uh, stack, tech stack. And it was just a matter of saying, okay, how do we bridge the gap from you almost being college educated, but not, and running a business. Right. Well, and I think too, I think, you know, having those experiences and, you know, what strikes me as amazing is that your your parents were like always trying to figure out how to bring out the best in you and how to put mm -hmm. you in places and spaces that you would thrive, knowing that you had this tech side, but you also had this creative spirit. Um, so it's amazing that those programs and hopefully other programs still exist today for, for tech creatives as well. Um, other thing that was really evident to me when I was uh, reading your bio in the intro is that one of the things that seems interesting to me is this pattern of working for movers and shakers and maximizing the experience of that. And so you've worked with Chucky e. Thompson, you've worked with all these different creative spirits and giants and legends. So I wanted to know if you could talk about A, just the importance of strategic networking in your trajectory and B, what you learn from Chucky e. Thompson and others that you've applied in your trajectory. Okay, so um, the first part of that question was lear learning from movers and shakers, what I learned. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so oddly enough, every single one of those people that I have met, I did not strategically network to meet them, unfortunately. Someone who knew of me told them, you should meet this girl. It's never been me aggressively going after someone. It happens to be someone I know who's having a conversation with someone who's hit a, a challenge professionally. And they're like, you know, Joy's really good at kind of helping people navigate through that. Um, and so with Chucky, I, um, I think he had heard one of my song reels early on and wanted to bring me in. We tried that for a while, but I really don't want to be famous, which seems weird, um, but I wasn't into it. And um, with Sycamore, it was 
really interesting. Um, I think with him, he always valued, he always valued me and demanded that everyone treat me as an equal in every room. And so it gave me a lot of confidence about setting price. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence about just disarming people, just, you know, meeting a stranger. And if we can, if we both have the same focus of whether it's, you know, improving the community or uh, creating an event, um, kind of like being able to match uh, what the brand's goals are or the audience's goals are to the creative. Sure. So I think with regards to that, and I love that you didn't, you know, go after it. It was, it sounded organic, which is the best type of way to be. Um, I I feel like when I've, I've talked about the fact that I'm going to be talking to you, people were like, wow, she was at Atlantic Records. She like, <laughs> like, what, like, how did she, how did she stop? How did she stop there? And like, how did she come to, to, to start her own thing? So I wanted to know if you can talk about the decision um, yeah. between that space of Atlantic Records and starting um, your first um, company. So this was all, um, red, uh, so bios are um, dysfunctional in that way that you think things are happening linearly, but they were all happening concurrently. Of course. Um, so, <laughs> so, when I first met Stick, you know, I had a sole proprietorship. I had a business, but I didn't have a brand. Um, and I did everything. Like my job description was wild, okay? Um, and that was because we were a small team. I think at that time, maybe it was five of us, maybe it was 10 interns. Um, and I was working at register.com actually by day, which is on the west side of the city. And then I would walk across town and go to Atlantic in the evening, right? And then I would work there, you know, until six, seven in the evening. And then we'd go to the studio and then I'd be in the studio all night, right? And then so, um, number one, working that way to find what my, the verb that described my ethos was. I had to have had that experience to be able to find a word that did not exist in the dictionary and also encompass the work that I do. Right. So that was just a way of branding what I had already been doing for 10 years. Um, and also just legitimizing my business, getting an LLC, getting a new bank account, getting business cards, having confidence to promote myself. Um, and so Sick and everyone that I work with, they are all part of, um, we're all college dropouts. So we all created a startup ecosystem two decades ago. Um, with the same hustle mentality that now is glorified in Silicon Valley. We were doing it in music. Um, so the reinnovating part was just really just the branding and packaging of all my work and also shedding the layers of things that I didn't want to do anymore. Um, setting new price, setting services that are clear. Um, and then the transition to ReStudio was number one, reinnovating is just too long. It's such a beautiful word and a beautiful concept, but it's too long. And every time I, I said, you know, email joyreinnovating.com, it just felt like a, mouth, a mouthful. Right. The ethos of my work is central to, um, I had my first studio space at 18, and I still do the same type of work to this day. And that is the thing that's most consistent. And that's what separates me from, you know, marketing agencies and accelerators, because 
um, we come together to work and co-create. We don't do reports and overanalyze for months and not put things out. We get right. together and we put things out. Um, so yeah, that transition was, was um, more organic than it looks on paper. Um, and going to Pittsburgh, I went right before um, the housing market tanked. And I happened to be working at the Realtors Association there. And I ended up kind of being dropped into marketing a centennial while also handling media crisis, um, just with everyone that was dealing with losing their homes. Yeah. And um, I had to bring that studio mentality to the office every day because reporters were calling every day. Uh, we were doing conventions. People would, you know, come up to me, and so um, that was kind of like the string that when I finally, you know, ended up meeting Thomas at Genesis, and then we had the opportunity to open up Boom. It was like, you know, I need to start thinking more about the studio concept, and um, it wasn't until I actually like left Boom and went back to Brooklyn, and we were um, we were actively opening a studio in Brooklyn, and we started to do a bunch of remote work there, uh, traveling to different businesses like uh, six, seven years ago. And it was then that we were like, yeah, every studio just shaking, just sh shaving it all down, keeping it in the colon with studio. And so everyone will understand, oh, this is inherently the core of joy, but in a bite-sized piece that we can drop something. For sure. And was there an intentional uh, uh, sense or sensibility about Pittsburgh that made you, you know, oh, yeah. went out with regards to like you like going to Pittsburgh and starting your business and saying this is it, where I'm going to plant? It was the most um, low cost, um, high I can I, high concentration of creatives. I met creatives from the Art Institute. I met a couple of the artists. Initially, when I had um, traveled to Pittsburgh just to kind of like hang out, um, I was like, yeah, I want to get a spot here. And my intent was to live in Brooklyn and just start to create something because there was just so much opportunity. And I think people feel the same way, you know, in Detroit. People have felt the same way in Austin. People have felt the same way in Portland, Seattle, right? Um, so I kind of had this feeling like, oh, you know, we're doing all these things in New York. Um, our work at Atlantic was at its peak. Um, and um, I just wanted to expand. And yeah. then I just started doing 3D design, started to do some gaming, started to meet new people. And then Google moved there. And then Whole Foods opened up. And then, you know, everything um, started to grow. The tech sector finally said, oh, this place this, this this you know the steel city where the steelers are is impervious to you know recessions and depressions because you know it's rooted in health and tech and so i just kind of slid and landed in there yeah at the right time and it was a blessing and i lived in the mountains and it's lit i love it so you work with creatives um tech startups founders and innovators and so i'm wondering in your um in your in your world and your sphere, you seem like a, a, a person with great strategy and just taking things and thinking things through so you have great intention. What's what makes you want to work with somebody? Like what's the what what rises to the top in your eyes? Um, let me answer by what why I don't work with somebody. Everybody that I work with is usually introduced to me and that keeps me safe. My work in the wrong hands is not pleasant because my work attracts people. 
so um, I, right now, anyone who works with me has to book time. Something that I learned from my dad's, like all the bosses that I work with. Um, if someone is interested in working with me and they miss one or two calls, I probably won't work with them again. Um, initially. Um, and other reasons, if I feel like there's any issues with the moral compass. I understand that people have run into challenges. I've worked with organizations that, um, and with artists that have made mistakes and we help them work through that. But I ultimately felt the core of that human being was worth redemption, right? right? Um, and so, so why do I work with someone? It's because I feel like their redemption story needs to be told. Without overthinking, that's probably the most succinct answer I can give you. Okay, no, that's good. So in terms of the work that you're doing now, what are you looking to disrupt in the industry? To this day, I've never met a black female developer. I've been coding for like 31 years, 21 years. Um, I'd love to sit down and have coffee with a black female developer. That would be great. Um, I do meet them in, in, in Twitter spaces now, which is why I'm raving about it. Um, but I've never fit in. So I would like to see myself be able, I mean, finally now, nerds that look like me are on the internet saying, hi, I'm a nerd. Um, so I just want to grow community. Um, wise and then also accessibility um, there's so much that that we missed in deploying some sites as far as accessibility over the past 10 years and we've made um, a huge effort in just sitting in on conversations so that everything that we develop going forward is, is really accessible. So I'm going to pivot our conversation we're going to play a nice. game and nice. so it's I'm calling this pick it up or put it down so oh, I'm going to <laughs> So I'm gonna uh, name a thing or a creative tool or a topic, and you tell me whether you pick it up or you put it down, and why you do either or both or none. Okay? All right. Here we go. The first thing is Instagram. Put it down. Why? For me, the short answer is I value privacy. Um, I, I dopamine is not my drug of choice, so it doesn't work for me. Okay. Um, and I prefer one-on-one -on -one conversations. I'm not interested in trolling my home. So if I want to know what's going on, I'm just going to call you. Okay. Canva. Put it down. Okay. Um, I learned art the hard way. I feel like templates can be prisons. Interesting. I love that. Silent disco. Oh yeah, a thousand times. I'm ready to do another one if anybody's listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Avocados. No, unfortunately, don't judge me. I like out there. My grandmother tried, but I wasn't into it. How about cilantro? A little. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick up that. Cilantro. I like I it. I can handle I can handle avocados if they're really, really, really 
firm and chopped and it's cold and no, I don't love them. I don't love them enough to love them. Real Housewives. Put it down. Um, my favorite addiction is 92 Fiance. Okay, no, I, I get that. <laughs> it's totally cool. Everybody has their something. That's cool. I've actually never seen an episode, don't judge. No, that's, uh, there are plenty of people that have not seen The Real Housewives. Um, and there, you know, the other people on this record that like live by their friend, by each of the franchises. So, uh, TikTok. Put it down. Um, so this is just me personally. I love what my friends are doing on it, but um, it's just not an effective use of my time. Mm. Meditation. Everybody needs to pick it up, pick it up now. It's amazing. Um, I could not meditate for a long time and I felt stupid. I felt like I was like, I am not one with myself. Um, and I had one really amazing guided meditation session and I feel like maybe uh, three or four years ago. And I feel like it put me at zero and really balanced me out and made all my work easier. Wow. Small weddings. Please. This year, hopefully, please. Only small. VR. Absolutely. Every day. Um, I have not, so Second Life, um, Oculus was just out around the time that I was 3D modeling New Jack City and New York City in Second Life. And I didn't really, I missed that wave. I was just before that wave. Um, but my dad is teaching AR and VR at FIT, and I need to learn, I need to get back into it and figure out how to take some of those 3D skills, um, get Oculus and play around, be wild. Blogs. I have to say pick it up, be grudgingly, pick it up. Okay. Um, yes, all my clients need to drop blogs bi-weekly. I don't want to hear it. If you're listening, um, but I also don't like clickbait or growth hacking. So if you're going to create something, make sure that it's substantive and of value, and it talks about things that you actually do and actually have done. You know, that's it. Be real on blogs. Be real on blogs. I like it. Mm-hmm. Last thing is Zoom. Put it down. I'm sorry. I love you. Google Meet is is less drama. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting. I love that. Thank you for indulging me in this game. Um, so to pick back up on the conversation, um, I want to hear why the work that you're doing matters to you and what brings you joy about it. Um, well, it's that's a scary question because I feel like a thoroughbred that was bread for only this work so I only know this work and even in all the other jobs that I've had I've always navigated back to just being myself and doing this doing the same things the same way that I know are right and teaching people that the way that I know how to do them is the right way to do them um I lose my way but yeah I it's like my my work is like I'm mostly driven from a place of wanting to clean things up. Like when I look at bad design, it feels like messy and dirty. And I'm like, 
okay, well, if I'm gonna come over your house, like, I have to wash the dishes. Like, I can't go to sleep with the dishes in the sink, right? And so I, when I meet someone and then, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I built this brand 10 years ago and I did all these different iterations of my brand. And you're like, yeah, but you were just sweeping garbage from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Someone needs to come in there and just clean things up and distill them. So I come with this sort of like maintenance man, waitress, you know, um, spiritual healing mentality almost and a lot of humility. And I'm like, okay, let's just clean things up. Let's not even design, you know, let's not even do art. Let's just clean things up. Um, And that part is thrilling. Um, and rewarding. So I want to ask you about mentorship. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's so powerful and so important for so many people, especially some of the creatives and the founders that I've spoken to um, over the course of the several seasons. And so um, talk to me about the, the role that it's played in your trajectory and your journey and how you're paying it forward. Um. Teaching and mentorship is literally the most rewarding experience, like cathartic experience that I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was being mentored, I didn't even know what that word was. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand why I was in those rooms. I didn't understand why those people wanted to work with me. I didn't understand why they were giving me advice. I didn't understand why they wanted me to be safe and why they wanted me to understand how to do contracts. You know, I didn't know what that was then. Um, But by the time I had gone to Pittsburgh and I was untethered from my initial base, um, I started to miss people and I started to really understand the value of how easy it was to just like hop on the bus and go to Six Crib or like hop on a train and like go to Sony. Um, and sit in the studio and take in the energy. Um, And so I ended up doing some tech events in Pittsburgh Startup Weekend. I've done um, a panel on tech and Alpha Lab um, was there. Someone from Alpha Lab was there, Um, Jennifer Van Zam, she's incredible. And she uh, basically said, yo, you should come and and help mentor the, the, the cohort here. Um, and Alpha Lab um, grants $50,000 and mentorship and you have a space to work um, on your app. And there's also Alpha Lab Gear, which does hardware. And that I absolutely love. Um, those mentors show mentees, those mentees show mentees how to learn. Um, Pre-COVID, when we had our mentoring session, um, I think I'm required to be there for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And then each of the teams come in and have 10 to 15 minutes with me. Wow. And what I find different about those startups versus any other founder I've worked with is that they've already trolled me. They've already done research on me. They already know what my gifts are. So when they ask me these substantive questions, I'm able to answer them and solve the problems in the moment. Right. And that's awesome, right? So when you're mentoring, there's someone who is already open and ripe and doesn't come to you with past trauma and is not jaded. And so 
they're just an opening coloring book and then watching them continue on their path, so thrilling, okay? Um, so working with like Sick and Chucky, they were both very selfless, very empathetic, um, very respectful of women. And so, you know, like missing that, um, Jen coming to me and saying, the way you've done this is crazy and you need to show them how to hustle and put things out and not be afraid to put things out. Right. <laughs> and then as ReStudio was born out of that and when I opened a nonprofit and I decided there was just certain work I didn't want to do anymore, the mentorship is now literally maybe 30 to 40% of my time. Oh, wow. Um, so I have, um, I mean, I have I've just worked with so many different people across industry lines that they book me for all different sorts of pivotal moments in life where they just need help getting over the next hump. And um, now in Twitter spaces for the past couple of weeks, there have been so many um, founders and um, internet personalities that they're dealing with wellness issues and loneliness. And, yeah. Um, you know, I was on TikTok and I had, you know, I was on TikTok and I had 12,000 views and then now I can only get 50 views and, you know, I don't know what to do and how do I, you know, I get those kind of questions where it's like, okay, who's your audience and who are you, you know, and who right. do you want to see, right? And like, right. um, you, you, you had 12,000 views, you know that that was peak and that was a, you accomplished something and you need to just focus on work and not the memes, right? So I get to have those conversations in Twitter spaces, which is really amazing. Nice. Um, they're doing a really great job of safety. Privacy is really important to me. And that's where the mentorship is going to be this year. In the future, um, we're just trying to figure out, me and just the team that's around me, is um, how to do programming in a way where it's scalable, but also in real time. Mm. And so likely, I will just move to doing mentorship like this on Zoom, um, you know, on Twitter and um, maybe on YouTube eventually and then on my website um, in ways that I think we can have more of an impact. I just have been really mindful about who we share all our tips and tricks because we just don't want bad actors to steal our vibe. Yeah, no, I get that. So I started Hat Mama Chronicles as an homage to the women in my family who are living in purpose, on purpose, flaws and all. So um, I wanted to get your take, you know, do you think hot mamas are made or are they born? I think they're born, unfortunately. And I think they carry that weight for a long time before they're allowed to bloom. Mm. I love that answer. Oh my gosh. So I think it's amazing just to, to feel you, feel your energy. Um, you know, I think you're so brilliant and smart and um, just so, so creative given the work and your portfolio and everything you've done. And Thank you. And so um, how do you keep your energy going? Meditation, succulents, loud trap music, vanilla ice cream, and my fiance, he bullies me into doing the right thing. And that's good because everyone goes easy on me and he does me good you need people in your life to do that um as we started 2021 what's your hope for this year oh that my plants grow they're all a year old and now i'm attached okay 
great hope to have, uh, for sure. Um, and world peace. That and world one. peace, yes. Mm -hmm. For the plants to grow and for world peace. It can only go up from here. Um, so talk to us about what, what you're up to um, and all the things. You're, you're so busy, so uh, give us a preview. Um, I am working, I have three sites that are dropping in beta within the next, well, between now and Valentine's Day. Nice. Um, one thing that is similar about two of the sites is usage of uh, organic shapes, gradients, fluid looking shapes, which is going to challenge for me, my client can attest. Um, so I look forward to getting better at taking hand drawings on a piece of paper and turning them into a website. That's nice. my hope. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, so I think this has been a great conversation. You definitely lifted up a lot of different things, so I appreciate you. Well, um, Joy, um, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart that has no bottom for breaking the ceiling, being a leader, a creative, and providing the strategic support to help founders launch their dreams. Um, please connect with Joy at restudio.org or on Twitter at restudio101. Please subscribe to Hot Mama Chronicles by clicking on linktree forward slash Amelia Auberg. And remember, the road to being a hot mama is about the journey and not the destination. One love.